heard about all the troubles in Philippi. That's why he's writing this book. It's terribly hurting him. There you see the um, heart of a pastor. Remember what he said in, in 1 Corinthians 11. I have all these daily things I go through. Three times I was beaten with rods, once shipwrecked, stoned. I mean, he goes right down the line. He says, you know what my greatest burden is? It's the church. This is Abounding Grace with Pastor Chris Gordon. Hi there, and welcome to today's program. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 18, gives us a window into sanctification. And that's what Paul is talking about. As he addresses the church at Philippi, he also addresses us with this desire to see us sanctified, holy, set apart. With more, here's Pastor Chris and today's broadcast. We talk a lot about fear and trembling in worship. And what we're saying is, is that when we, we come together to worship, we say God is, God is present in this, in this place in a special way. His holiness, his majesty, his greatness. And we have, as, as the Spirit has united us, to heaven in that heavenly worship, there is a gathering that you can't see right now of the angels and the horses. This is what Elijah said, open my servant's eyes that he might see. And he opened his eyes and there was the mountain of the Lord right in the midst. Heaven is not a place far, it's another dimension. See, see what Paul is saying here is very important. That we are, when we come to worship, we have this boldness to come, but we also come with fear and reverence and awe because we've come before the face of God. Angels, fire, glory, and worship. Now, that requires from us, we would all say in worship, if anyone has any sense of anyone who came before the presence of the Lord throughout history, they didn't want to go touch his face, they wanted to bow in reverence. Until the glory comes and we're resurrected, then we can see Jesus face to face. But, but the point is there, was, there demands reverence and awe. Here's the marvel of what Paul's saying. In your sanctification, I want you to think the same way. So we don't think this way. We functionally live as if God is far from us. We functionally live as if God is on another planet. And we call on him when we need something. And maybe way up in the sky he'll hear us. And the New Testament just tramples that view. I want you to work this out with fear and trembling because God is with you. See, it's, it's driving us to look at sanctification in a whole another way because he's saying this is what God loves. This is his will, his, your sanctification. So, um, 1 Thessalonians 3. God is with us. I think this has a lot to do with certain verses like what John would say in, the gospel, in, in 1 John. No one's ever seen God. It's what everyone says. Well, show us God and we'll do this or that. Everyone asks, where's God? And, and John says, if we love one another, God abides in us. And his love is perfected in us. Did you hear that? You see God in the sacrificial actions of love in the people. Do that with fear and trembling. Because that's how people see God. 
And you see how you could mess that up, right? <laughs> so a lot of people complain about the church and the divisions and how we've wrecked that. Paul is saying, there's two, I want you to notice this here. This leads to, to really two real hindrances to, to sanctification. If you look at verse 14, and, and he mentions both of them there. They're not the kind of things you think because you do them so regularly. And I do. Do everything without grumbling and disputing. You can't say that in our culture, can you? <laughs> it's like that's how people live every day. Do everything without grumbling or disputing that you may become blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Paul is saying it's time to move forward. It's time to stop the squabbling. It's time, uh, verse 14, to stop the grumbling and disputing. Whatever it was in the church, um, you, you see he's going after it here. We know the two ladies in chapter 4 are fighting and it's caused divisions in the church. What he's saying is it's time to stop the divisions and the disputing and the grumbling. It was high time for the church to, to put that stuff behind them and press on with what's most important. And that's what he'll give the positive view of that here in the next chapter, in chapter 3 and 4. But he's striking in verse 14 at the heart of the problem of this book. I don't think you can miss it. Paul has a zeroed in on two besetting sins of Israel's history. I remember... Um, there were certain sins that got Israel in a lot of trouble in going to glory. And um, it has a direct echo of Deuteronomy 32. Uh, listen to this, the, Moses, the song of Moses at the end of his life. Uh, in the assembly of Israel, you have a million strong hearing this. Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the word of my mouth. For I proclaim the name of the Lord. Ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. All, all his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice. Righteous and upright is he. Now listen to verse 5. They have corrupted themselves, Israel. They are not his children because of their blemish. A crooked and twisted generation. Do you th thus, thus deal with the Lord, O foolish? Am I not your father who bought you? It's interesting how Paul speaks to the New Covenant community. Israel became a twisted and crooked generation. What does Paul say to you? He says, instead, you the fulfillment of God's people, the true Israel, in the New Covenant, you are to be blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. That should really encourage you. <laughs> he doesn't call you and address you as he did Old Testament Israel. You're in the midst of it. Well, you know that. I mean, news. <laughs> you know that. But what were the sins of Israel's downfall? And the people... Exodus 15 complained against Moses. The whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. 
And you complained in your tents, Deuteronomy 1. And all the congregation complained against the rulers, Joshua 9. Therefore he, Psalm 106, said he would destroy. Had not Moses, his chosen one, stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he destroy them? Then they despised the pleasant land. They did not believe his word, but complained in their tents and did not heed the voice of the Lord. You guys complain in your homes? Do you complain in your homes? The Lord's there in your sanctification. Feel that? The things you say in the bedroom, he's there. Complained in their tents, complained against their leaders, complained against the rulers, complained against God. God says they became a crooked and twisted generation because of that. Now, Paul doesn't really give any allowance for complaining. (laughs) You've got everything. I mean, what are you what are you lacking? What did he say even about persecution? Let's just say things get really rough in America. God appointed it for you to show Jesus. <laughs> That's how he looks at life. What did he say about all everything that happens? He wants to he wants us to look at life a certain way. God is with us and God's appointing things and God has purposes and God is is actually orchestrating the events of life for a reason. That's why we're here. This is not running off the rails willy-nilly, you see? I think that's why I've always said I, I, I want to encourage parents. Be careful how you present the church to your children. I guarantee you, you'll run them out of the church early in life if you're a complainer in your home. I've seen it. I would even suggest some of our young people to this day have struggled because we've not presented a positive view of the kingdom of God. Notice how this comes in the context of the church. How do we help sanctification in our sanctification and growth in the church? Well, we say, well, we should read our Bibles and we should pray more, and that is absolutely true. But here's something for you. Paul says that the most effective outworking of salvation is accomplished right here in the body of Christ. Your growth happens most within the body of Christ. Where God has placed you sacrificially to give yourself for one another. There's a great witness in that, he'll say. I've become more and more convinced today that, you know, people... They just, they come to the church with all the wrong questions. And they look at a church and they assess a church and they say, I just don't like this or I don't like that. And I don't like the people. And I don't like that it hasn't has this. And you know, it's to this for me. And it's to that. And I don't like the worship. And I don't like the music. And I don't like, can I keep going? I mean, this just goes on and on. How about this? Since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near and worship with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love. Oh, You mean that's, if I don't like something, it's my responsibility to go stir it up? Yeah. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. 
not neglecting to meet together. Oh, there's a good one for our day. Where so many just neglect even coming together. How can you be sanctified if you're not gathering with the saints? How can you not be out on your own narcissistically fulfilling your own desires when you neglect to meet with the saints? You're saying no thanks to sanctification. That's what you're saying. So let us consider when we come how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but instead encouraging one another. See how that's the opposite of complaining and murmuring? All the more as you see the day drawing near. That's in the context of worship. He wants you to sacrificially be built up by your neighbor. I don't know how that's um, fulfilled if our sole existence is, is um, coming in as late as we can and getting out as first as we can and never fellowshipping with the body and never making this really an integral part of your life. That's why I would say it's a really important thing to make a rhythm of, of, of morning and evening on, on Sunday. It's a training of your life. It's a discipline of your life. But it's not just about you. You see how we think. How can I help my brothers and sisters grow in the truth? Um, do my actions exemplify the mind of Jesus? Or am I really out for myself? This is sanctification we're talking about. I've been laid the, the work and the beautiful work of Jesus we've been looking at and the gospel. And now we're getting to what that looks like as we, we, we are who we are called to be, you see. Notice, I notice this every time among you, I see our people love and in acts of, of kindness and in, and in embrace of one another and encouraging one another. And I see this when men take up and, and in a culture that doesn't have leadership, men, men begin to step up and lead in a new generation of conviction among, among the men in the church and, 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 and a new generation among the children who embrace the faith. That's a, I think you saw today, I, I think you saw today, that was a joint work. I mean, it's really powerful that our youth leader today, as the Lord had his child, the sign put on, has been working hard to bless our young people and one stands up here and profess faith. This is, this is what it is. <laughs> this is beautiful. This is what he's after. And um, he gives you the strongest platform in the body of Christ the strongest witness. And he says, two benefits flow from this, beloved. You become shining lights in the world. You notice that? You're, there's a great witness to all this. And you get to rejoice when Jesus comes. There's a confirmation. There's an excitement. There's a, an understanding. I'm, I'm sharing in that work. And when Jesus comes, all this is fulfilled. So what do we need to work on in the EURC? Well, some people sometimes will say to me, you know, this is good to be introspective at times as a church. This is what Paul's doing for this church. Some people will say, well, the Escondido URC is just too clicky. I've heard that. It's always bothered me. People just huddle with their own. Why has it bothered me? 
do we need to think about that? Is that something it's time to confess? Great opportunity to put our interests aside and to help those who are not like us. This was Jesus ministering to the most uncomfortable of people. Going to, as I said last time, the educated and the non-educated. He broke all barriers that way socially. We have to start helping the next generation better. We have to start doing that. We have to stop thinking as older people that I'm just going to minister to my older people. And younger people, we have to look to our elders and elderly in the congregation with great respect and talk to them and lean on them. We need to think sacrificially among the age groups. We need to think sacrificially among ethnicities. I need to be pushed on that. I have a dear friend who's attending this church, and he was in a gang, and he was in prison, and he was converted. And he said to me a few weeks ago, he's, he's been coming here for a while, he said, Pastor, I want to take you down to, the, down to the hood in Escondido. Don't wear red. I told Darcy, I said, well, we're going to, I'm going to go be back later. Where are you going? I don't know. I'm going to the hood. <laughs> so we go to the hood. Get in the car, Pastor. Well, I'll drive, I'll drive. I feel, get in the car. Get in the car. There's his uh, 80-year-old mom in the back. His wife has died of COVID back in January. Comes to this church. Got a new girlfriend. She's in the back. There's a big barrel, a big thing of burritos. And there's tracks in Spanish. And we went all over this community. And we talked to people. And we gave them the good news. And all I could think of was, he who is forgiven much loves much. Now that may not be your calling to go do that. But you have a place in the kingdom. And that's the mind he's after. He gives us this perspective finally to close. Look at, yes, verse 17, if I'm being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with you all for the same reason you also be glad and rejoice with me. You know what that means? You know what he's doing there? Listen, just for a second, and we'll close this. This is such a powerful point. He's taking the Levitical priesthood, and he's saying, listen, when they would do an animal sacrifice in the Levitical priesthood, they would put the sacrifice on the altar. And then there would be what we call a libation, a drink offering that is poured on that sacrifice, and a big puff of steam would go up. Number numbers 28. It's a regular burnt offering which was ordained at Mount Sinai for a sweet aroma, an aroma made by fire to the Lord. And its drink offering shall be one-fourth of a hen for each lamb in a holy place. You shall pour out the drink to the Lord as an offering. Now this was a big moment. There's the sacrifice. This big drink offering was poured. Amazing moment. When you did this, the altar was so hot the drink offering immediately disappeared in a puff of steam. Powerful thing to see. Hear what he's saying? 
I am being poured out as the drink offering on the sacrifice of your faith. And I'm glad. Put that in context. Paul's in prison. He's going to go die for the faith. He's going to, strong possibility at this point, he's in Rome, he's going to be martyred. And he's saying, you know what? If I die for the gospel, you know how I view all my labors? That I'm like that drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith. So if I die, I fulfill exactly what that drink offering was intended to show. And for the same reason, you be glad and rejoice with me. So in other words, our lives are really but a puff of steam that are poured out (laughs) on the sacrifice and service of a lot of people who have needs, who need help. And if the Lord uses us to win the more for Christ, what a blessing. But that's the mentality we have to have of our lives. Anything that we've achieved as a Christian is nothing compared to the fact that we have been used by God to work out his salvation in your neighbor. (laughs) See? That's God's purpose for you. That's why he created you. That's why he left you here. Living sacrifices. Now present your bodies as living sacrifices of thanksgiving to God, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable what? Worship. And that's his calling. That's the mind of Jesus. He loves you, his body, and all the pressures that we face today. Don't fall into that. (laughs) Don't fall into the disputing and complaining mindset of this entire culture that's crooked and twisted. You got everything to be thankful for. I've said this a million times. It's the worst thing that could happen to you. You could die tonight and go to be with Jesus. So appreciate what he's given you. And realize you got a great blessing to look like him. It's tough, I know. And we're all weak and we're all sinners. And he forgives us every time we come to him 70 times 7 of all the stupid things that we continue to do. But he's renewed you today for a purpose. He's bringing salvation to the ends of the earth. He's saving a people. So hopefully that helps us to let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you. That's the calling in sanctification. That's what he wants for us in sanctification. And this is Abounding Grace Radio with Pastor Chris Gordon. Well, in closing our time together today, I'm reminded of other resource materials we have available at our website that would complement what we've heard today. AGRadio.org is a great place to go if you would like to know more about us and take advantage of other resource materials we have there. And if you have a question that you would like to address Pastor Chris with, maybe today's broadcast has sparked a, a thought or two, a question, please, by all means, send it off to us. Now, you can either email that to us through our website, agradio.org, or better yet, voice it through your voice memo app. Record your question, your name, and where you're calling from, and then send that to questions at agradio.org. That's questions at agradio.org. 
You're also welcome to reach us by phone. The number is 888-504-8805. Abounding Grace Radio is also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can visit our website for links to the platform that you prefer to follow. One final note as we close out our program today, we are listener-supported, which means friends of the ministry come alongside and partner with us financially and prayerfully, ensuring that this program continues right here on this radio station. You see, we look to friends like you to help ensure that this broadcast continues to spread the gospel of grace wherever we're at. If you would like to be a part of that, a small gift, large gift, one time or an ongoing monthly gift, we'd love to hear from you. AGRadio.org, you can give securely online, 888-504-8805, or write to us, Abounding Grace Radio, P.O. Box 732, Linden, Washington. The zip code is 98264. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Chris Gordon. Abounding Grace is brought to you on this radio station by Abounding Grace Radio Ministries. Hi, this is Chris Gordon, pastor of the Escondido United Reformed Church. I'd like to invite you to our Sunday worship services at 9.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. on Sunday. We have two worship services, 9.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. We preach Christ and Him crucified with the goal that you would live in the joy of this comfort in the knowledge of the forgiveness of all of your sins. 1864 North Broadway is the address here in Escondido. We'd love to see you this Sunday.